need a bigger boat. Oh, what a day! What a lovely day! I'm having an old friend for dinner. You are a toy! She wouldn't even have a fly. You can't handle the truth! I'll be back. English motherfucker, do you speak it? Just keep swimming, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, swimming, swimming. And welcome back to a very special blind spot bonus. I'm Josh. Oh, there's no Adam here today. It's all me, so. But that's okay, guys. Don't worry. I have a very special episode with two childhood friends. As you know, Adam often references the fact that I am a big horror guy. And, well, these are the two big influencers in that. Collectively known as the Brothers Blevins. What's up, guys? My name is Chris, and uh, glad to be on the show today. And I'm Chad, and I'm happy to be here as well. And today we have a very special episode because we are going to rank the Friday the 13th franchise because obviously we are all horror fans. This was definitely, at least for me, this was my first introduction, just catching, like, scenes from it on, like, USA Up All Night and stuff like that, so. So, Chris, where did you first see Friday the 13th? Oh, I remember, honestly, um, my first memory was probably when I was a little kid. I remember my father he used to be really actually pretty good into movies he was big into it and especially with some horror films and um so freddie and jason was the big thing back then of course but it scared me as a kid so part six was probably the first one i can remember that i remember seeing clips of just glimpses of it i just couldn't watch all the way through but the first one i did watch all the way through was part seven and that was actually staying at your house one day when USA was playing a marathon and just got into it ever since then. Because I was like, oh, wow, it's the first horror movie I actually kind of sat through all the way without really being scared. Because I was just scared ever since I was a kid. So it was about teenage years. Yeah, like around 13 that suddenly horror became part of my life. <laughs> Really? 13? See, I thought, no, there's no way, because you guys went to see Jason Goes to Hell in theaters, didn't you? I didn't. Chad did, actually. Chad did? Yeah, that did. was me. I went, okay. with my, uh, yeah, I went with my, uh, with my dad and my <clears throat> uncle to actually see it. Chris, if I recall, went to go see Hocus Pocus Yep. Uh, with my mom while we oh, were watching okay. Jason Goes to Hell. Because I remember I was and I'm mad because I didn't get now. Yes, you are. You were wearing a Hocus Pocus <laughs> shirt. But I remember being mad that Chad, I thought it was, honestly, I think this whole time I thought both of you got to go see it. But I guess it was just Chad that went to go see it. And I, I was too scared. So, Chad, then what was your first introduction? Uh, Well, like Chris, I mean, I think it was probably either part six because the earliest memory I have of Friday the 13th was the scene where he uh tommy stabs jason with the iron spike um and jason gets brought to life like frankenstein um i'd say frankenstein him yep <laughs> um or it was either part eight because i do have a very early memory of me and and chris and my father our father uh watching uh jason takes manhattan um 
on a on a very small TV screen uh, when we had stayed at an uncle's house. Uh, this is at a time we were living out of state, and our uncle lived here. But I just remember that one night watching that, and I just I just oh, remember wow. particularly the scene where he takes his mask off at the punk guys that are in the city. Oh yeah. Um, so that's like the earliest. Those are the two earliest memories I have of Friday the Thirteenth. I oh god, I don't even know how old I was when that. I mean, we were yeah, young. We I had to really been like young. maybe four or five, maybe. <laughs> so, and the funny thing is, I don't even remember that part. Like I, for me, it was it was obviously part six, but it was the same scene. Yeah, it was the spike in the beginning and him raising up from the grave, and that just chilled me as a kid. And then we had older cousins as well who would torture us basically us little kids with freddy and jason stuff and surprise us with all kinds of horror masks sometimes that they would just pop around the corner and just scare us kids with it it was so that kept us away from i think horror movies in a way when we were kids we just couldn't stand it and but it was like 12 or 13 for me just after that first friday movie and then sitting through it i was all good and then suddenly i was exploring not me i was watching horror movies (laughs) <laughs> when i was a kid nowadays i'm like more of a i shy away from scary movies so it's kind of weird <laughs> and see i think i saw it sometime i saw it before jason goes to hell because i remember i was jealous that you guys got to go or chad got to go see jason goes to hell in theaters because i hadn't seen a full movie at that point but i had seen i think it was part seven like the ending where the dad comes up from the lake and saw that on USA Up All Night or something on my own. Oh, wow. That's crazy. So I think that would be my first introduction, yeah. Yeah, well, that's a very iconic, uh, that's one of those very iconic scenes um, in the franchise. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I remember when we were much younger and watching Tales from the Crypt, and that's probably one of our oh. early, early introductions to where we actually kind of sat and watched that's through true. horror, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, um you know, and I remember a little bit of Bram Stoker's Dracula, and to some extent, and but, yep, you know, some bits and pieces. I was like, oh man, I have to close my eyes or something. Pumpkinhead scared the crap out of me too. Oh yeah, <coughs> blood wings, right? No, no, the first one. Did. Oh yeah, yeah first I Pumpkinhead too. Well, I'm, I, but Pumpkinhead two did scare oh, okay. me. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking With about. Tommy and yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I remember just sitting. And and as a young one, like I said, I'd seen Friday the 13th and Nightmare in clips, but never sat and watched the whole movie. But I would sit and watch Tales from the Crypt with my dad, so that was like really my true introduction to horror. And then, like I said, I remember you guys would come over, and we would watch it too. So yeah, that that's yeah, I think that's all of our introduction, like real introduction to horror, was Tales from the Crypt. Well, and also let's not forget, Josh, that. When you were six years old, you claimed that you could only watch R-rated movies. Well, you know, that makes sense. That, that, that seems legit. So what we're going to do this round robin style. When I get to a film, I'll give out the Rotten Tomato scores because that's something we normally do. I'm not going to ask. We're not going to. They're the same 12 films. At some point, we're all going to talk about them. So that being said, Chris, why don't you kick us off with your number 12? Because we are starting at the bottom, working our way to the top. Okay, gotcha. So, my least favorite, and this, I don't know, it, people may agree with it too, in some extent. Friday the 13th, part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan. That's probably my least favorite of them. Um, I guess you're probably wondering why. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm 
obvious reason too is just because most of the movie takes place on a boat rather than actually in manhattan so the time they get to manhattan we're only there for what maybe 10 15 minutes so it's not it's just not very exciting except for that one except for that portion and then i didn't think the characters came off as very strong especially the lead in that one i nothing against the actress or anything like that but script i guess it was i guess you can call it just was not very strong enough for at least for me to get behind this character and really kind of i mean there's some fun parts in it sure but otherwise i i don't know it's just one of those ones where i was like eh, meh yeah that was the thing about that movie too is that it really it only picked up in that last act of the movie um but and then even then it was kind of weird because you know new york city i mean obviously i don't know how new york was back in the 80s but i feel like it was a very offensive portrayal <laughs> of the city so yeah it's, well, it's yeah i mean we film. don't know if they really had toxic waste in the alleys i i don't know if they did <laughs> but <laughs> yes i'll be talking about that one sooner than later but for now chad why don't you go ahead um my 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 uh, least favorite film is probably jason goes to hell um just because it it's like you don't see jason at all like through like 98 percent of the film and so you only kind of get him like bookended and i don't know like i mean i kind of get the concept of what they were going for where they were doing the whole like oh it's a reward for you sitting through you know 90 minutes of this crazy you know film of this sort of ghost leaping from body to body but um or host to host but yeah i don't know it just yeah it was just weird and then you have like the stupid bounty hunter in there that's like breaking the guy's fingers for like no reason at all like i don't know it was just like weird stuff happening that i just didn't feel made it a very entertaining movie and for my number 12, with a Rotten Tomato critic score of 24% and a matching audience score of 24%, I am right there with you, Chad. Jason goes to hell. And it's, it's like you said, Jason is not in the film. Like, this opening sets up a great movie. And it goes nowhere. Like, I mean, not as far as the Jason film, it goes nowhere. I've told you guys before, I really thought this last year I went through re-watching all of these so that I could listen to a different podcast called Invorees We Trust where they broke down each film and I would watch it and then listen. And and they said the same thing and I said it as I watched it. I was like, this isn't a good Jason film, but it is a good possession film. You know, it like you said, the body swapping, going back, you know. I don't know. I think even though he is way out there, but that's kind of what works. The uh, Creighton Duke bounty hunter character. It's crazy. You got to just be on board for it, but at least it gives a, a little bit of bonkersness to the, to the film. Right. That's the thing is I feel a little bit differently about the movie. So you'll probably be surprised a little bit where my spot where I actually have it, but there's some things I've, enjoyed a little bit more i guess you could say all right with that chris go ahead to your number 11 uh number 11 is going to be part five um i just kind of feel like it was 
Yeah, it was waste. Um, it felt a little bit more of a. I, I guess you could say like it was. Uh, oh my god, what's the word? Predictable. Um, I obviously they're taking Tommy and the character into a different route, you know, and that ending was just not. It just wasn't shocking. It wasn't surprising, and you know the one thing I really enjoyed about the movie, honestly, was um, some of the supporting characters, especially the mother and the son, particularly the mother and the country bumpkin mom out there, and and just her dim-witted son. To me, that was they were honestly the best parts of the movie, and then um, and then of course there's the the guy on the shitter too, which that was pretty funny too. Where him and his girl are singing and stuff like oh, yeah. that juana um, man yeah and then my i think probably the one of the cool kill scenes from that one that at least comes to mind right now uh was when there was the couple that made love in the woods and then fake jason comes in and decides oh, i want to kill it. and that's the other thing okay i'll get into that in a minute so the one of the best kill scenes was where he like takes the guy and he takes the belt and tightens the the guy's uh head with it around the tree oh yeah that was that was pretty gruesome across his eyes yeah but that was the other thing i didn't like about with the movie too was like this fake jason was kind of killing people for nothing for no reason for no i just didn't feel like there was a reason or a motivation he's just like other than to just copycat murders and want to blame it on tommy of course but i didn't feel like it was enough reason i don't know i just couldn't I just I don't know I feel like it's just yeah it's a it's a weird sequel whatever you want to say it's a weird uh, in between before where it goes from four into six it's such a big difference. All right, Chad, go ahead. Um, I have Jason X as my second worst uh favorite movie. I don't know it's just it's a I feel like that one's just you know a parody of itself um you know just it, it for me i guess it's just kind of like that jump the shark moment in the franchise i suppose i don't know um but i mean it's just it kind of to that point where i guess they just ran out of ideas and they're like oh we'll just throw them up in space and you know do all that but yeah i don't know it was just it's 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 pretty rough well from my number 11 with a rotten tomato critic score of eight percent so chris maybe you're on to something and an audience score of 27 percent this is jason on a boat or jason takes manhattan as some people call it but i call it jason on a boat i mean i feel bad <laughs> yes i feel bad you have appropriately to do that titled they didn't have the budget they didn't have the money to actually get them over there to film they had to film on the boat the director didn't want to be that but he knows that's mm-hmm. what his movie is but like you said the the final girl rennie is her name rennie something like that i don't think she was a strong character yeah obviously i love kane hotter as jason he does fine work i love when he's fighting the boxer on the the roof i don't know the boxer's name and then like I yeah. brought it up. The the fact that for some reason every night at midnight, New York City runs toxic waste through their sewer system. This is crazy. What is this madness? <laughs> right. I don't know anything about it. I don't know if that's something that was even true back in the day. 
But, you know, like, even in the alleys, they had the barrels of toxic waste, you know, that the rats would be hanging out in. And I mean, is nobody thinking about the Ninja Turtles and Splinter? I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, man, that was I'm the other gonna, thing. I'm, I'm... I'm going to say the toxic waste is not real. They just decided they needed a way to, a, a, a creative way to kill Jason in this one. And for some reason, the toxic waste turns him back into a child. Mm-hmm. That is strange. I have to say that I think the the funniest part of that movie was when he's like trying to chase them up the ladder. And then the, the flood of the toxic waste starts coming and Jason whips around. He has like this like oh, yeah. screaming face on is like the most hilarious thing yes, i just can't yes. help but just laugh yeah. until i fall I know, before yeah. that. Oh, that in itself is a meme that <laughs> that one capture right there you can come up with all kinds of things <laughs> all right so move on to your number 10 um number 10 for me is part three i this is kind of the same situation with part eight in some respect the characters were not that great to me other than i kind of emphasize a little bit with shelly even though he was a little um annoying but i liked him a little bit better than a lot of the other characters so i i kind of think he should have stuck around a little longer um and the final girl herself was just also a weak character i i just could not get invested with it it just seemed like she wasn't really there as much as well she seemed a little spaced out and unaware uh what's going on around her granted she was also consumed with what happened to her in the past you know with being attacked by jason and stuff but i just it didn't really rally me behind her that much and then when she is strong enough to fight him then at the end it's when she's put into that police car she's crazy she's you know she loses her mind at that point so yeah jason got his mask from it there's some funny stuff in it for sure i and i have my moments where i do enjoy it but it's not for me one of my top favorites and chris i gotta admit i'm a little surprised just because i thought you'd have a special connection to the final girl being named chris in part three i mean <laughs> <laughs> maybe just a smidge in that regard now that you mention it but other than that, Chad, go ahead with your part number 10. Um, I have the Friday 13th remake, the 2009 remake. Um, just because, I mean, it's it's like one of those movies where like, they didn't really do anything new with it. I mean, I, they kind of tweaked the origin a little bit, but they didn't really do anything new. And then I thought all the characters in it were super annoying. Um, and there's just, just a bunch of stupid weed jokes <laughs> and then, i don't know it's it's it was, i think it was made by michael bay's company so i mean it kind of figures that's what they would go for so yeah it, it, it ranks there as my number 10 all right and coming in my number 10 with a rotten tomato critic score of 16 percent and the audience score of 26 percent friday the 13th part 5 a new beginning 60 percent on that i'm surprised no, 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 16. Oh, I thought you said 60. Never no, mind. 16 percent. Yeah, does that sound better? Does that sound more accurate? Yes. There? So yep. I have this up just a tiny bit higher than these other two. I, I don't like it overall. Like you say, there's fake Jason. I think it's unfair to compare this movie to Halloween 3 like a lot. Of, I hear a lot of done, at least through the 
mm. horror stuff I listen to because they say it's the one without Jason. I'm like, it's not the real Jason, but you at least have a Jason character. So I will give right. it credit for that. I do think they dropped the ball on what Tommy Jarvis could have been for this movie after how final chapter ends. All of a sudden, yeah. he's randomly in this... I don't know, is this a halfway house? I don't know what this is. It is, yeah. Okay. It's a halfway house for the for kids who have some psychological problems. Right. And have been through a lot of issues. And, and you know, you mentioned you didn't like the motivation. I mean, basically, like, yeah, these kids have issues because this one kid just goes off and kills this kid. And apparently Roy is the ambulance driver who is apparently this kid's dad, but he doesn't, he's not even in his life because this kid doesn't know he's his dad, but yet he knows he's been keeping up with him. He has his picture in his wallet and all of a sudden he's going to murder for him, for his son dying that he's wanted nothing to do with the whole time. That That's hard to buy. And as I exactly. watch it back, as I watch it back now, it's, it's funny how much the camera will linger on Roy, like giving you, Hey, this <laughs> is who it's going to be. But yeah, overall, this is definitely in the bottom half of this franchise. So with that, move on to number nine, Chris. Uh, for Mute, it was Jason Goes to Hell at number nine. So yeah, that may be a little surprising with it being just a little up the list compared to some of the other ones. But the thing is, like, what you guys have brought up is actually something that I actually kind of liked. I, I did like that this was a... A different concept it was something new to the table that has never been seen for the franchise and i actually didn't mind the characters in this one so much i think there was i heard some criticism um about at least with the final girl in this movie that some people didn't like her because she was a mom which to me i'm like but what does that have to do? Because something about like her being a mom is not sexy or whatever. I'm like, but what does her being sexy have to do with being chased? But I don't. That's just me. But yeah, no, I don't. I agree thought with she that, was pretty so good. I'm with you on there. And <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I liked uh, the the guy who was the dad, the boyfriend. I guess you could say in this case, who was trying to save her. And I didn't mind the bounty hunter with, cause he was the guy that had the information of course about what was going on. But I absolutely do agree with you as well that I only wish a chunk of the movie wasn't him slugging around like a sperm from <laughs> person to person, you know, and then showing up at the last, what, maybe 10 minutes as well of that film granted that the first part of the film was awesome i like how they set that up and I, and i like the filming of it it's pretty dark it's a different kind of presentation compared to the previous installments um so i, I actually enjoyed it a little bit more there's some things that, and i think that's the reason why is i just i like it a little bit more because of some of those different things that it it gives and i have a little more appreciate um appreciation for it than i did before because back then if you asked me maybe about 10 years ago even five years ago whatever the case may be i would have said yeah this is the the worst one in the series but i guess after going through film school and all that stuff i just have a very different opinion <laughs> Chad, go ahead uh for me um i've got I, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. <clears throat> um, I 
put uh, Friday the 13th Part 3 as my number 9. Um, just because it's... Uh, for me, it's just kind of one of those like boring, unforgettable films. Um, it just... Uh, I just didn't really care for it. Um, but like Chris had mentioned earlier, I mean, you know, the cool thing about it is, you know, that's where Jason first, you know, gets his, his iconic mask and everything. But yeah, I just didn't like any of the characters in it. I just wasn't engaged with it at all. So, yeah. Okay, and for me, number nine, Rotten Tomato Critic score of 12% and an audience score of 42%. I'm right there with you, chap, right? The 13th 3D. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 yeah, I agree. It's kind of boring. I think Shelly's the best character, yes. and he's annoying as shit. So if your best character is annoying as shit, that's probably not a good thing. I do love the fact that he gets his mask in this one. I would like to see a legitimate 3D version of this movie because obviously they put the gags in there for it and not just the stupid <laughs> yo-yo trick, but I want to actually see like the eye pop and stuff. But overall, yeah, I'm not a big fan of this one, so we can move on to number eight. <laughs> okay, so um, for me, it's Jason X uh, at number eight. Now, to me, this is a, a, it's a dumb movie, but it's so much fun. Um, I think it's one of those movies that you end up laughing at. And I guess in some respect, it's somewhat the scream of its own franchise. Because as Chad had mentioned too, it pokes fun of itself. It pokes fun of its history and it pokes fun of the tropes. It, it, it's very much self-aware. And the audience gets that because you can see that in the movie as well. And you, you get that connection i guess you can say where it's like oh yeah this is you know a staple of the friday the 13th franchise and blah blah blah. and you know one of my favorite scenes in that honestly was when he was in the hologram i want to say hologram room but uh where he you know they were distracting him with an 80s scene and you have the 80s girls that are like you want to smoke some pot and you want to have sex yeah. and him just <laughs> whipping them against the tree over and over um i i think it was fun and then of course they <laughs> they had to like superfy him so it it's just so much and then the the ice breaking scene too the with the face liquid nitrogen yes yeah so i mean it's just such a memorable kill it's fun but it's stupid so i had to put it up there a little bit all right go ahead chad uh for my what are we on number eight uh for my number eight i chose um freddy versus jason <laughs> um it's just you know i just think that movie just uh it's just kind of a big silly goofy thing and then like the fight scenes are really just crazy and over the top like it takes place in the real world but they fight like they're in the matrix or something you know and he's like ramming freddy through walls and window seals and stuff like that so um yeah i don't know and then you know just the sort of crazy like it doesn't really have like a like I know the characters really have a purpose. I don't know. It just uh, it just wasn't uh, you know the greatest film of the that they could have done for the meeting of the 
monsters. All right, coming in at my number eight with a Rotten Tomato critic score of 26% and the audience score of 46%. I'm going with the Friday the 13th reboot. And just a fair warning here, it's not because I don't like this movie. This is this is my favorite film franchise of all time. And I'm just getting to the ones that I like. You know, I like pretty much all these movies, something about them. I just have to put them in a ranking. This one is basically a reboot of the first four combined, you know? I mean, that's basically what this does. I agree, the characters are kind of shitty. The weed jokes are lame. But you get you get the this the lake scene from the first one. He gets you get Sackhead Jason, you get him finding his mask. Right. So it has a lot of cool kills. It has gratuitous nudity, so it feels like it's out of the eighties for no reason. So <laughs> overall, you know, I still think this one's pretty good, so so for my number seven, I put Freddy versus Jason in that one. Um, well, for one, I got I'm a little sentimental to it just because it, 2003, that was the year where you guys and and myself we were going to the theaters just about every weekend, and when we heard this film was coming out, we were so super stoked for it. So and we had a blast when we went and we saw it twice, right in theaters I think so. Oh, Josh, I guess I saw it three times. Right, so it was just so much fun. Um, I like that there was a little bit more developed story in a way with this and a little bit more, slightly a little bit more developed characters. Um, but I think it really, I think part of the issue I have with it in some respect is that it focused a lot on the Nightmare on Elm Street side of it because that's where the, you know, the kids were coming from. And I wish that we may have had a character or two that were released from Crystal Lake um, so that we had a little bit more history with the Friday franchise as well because they did the montage in the beginning where you see clips from different Nightmare films. But where was something like that for, for Jason? So I kind of feel like they somewhat forgot that history to an extent. And then it's not till the end that they're like, oh yeah, there's this hockey mask killer who happens to be from here and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't mind the fight scene so much between Freddy and Jason. I think it's just so much fun. It is hokey. It's ridiculous. It's like Dragon Ball Z. You know, can you imagine no Freddy just going like, I don't know, going crazy and having a blast coming from his claws and he's just like, or whatever, you know. It, it just kind of reminds me a little bit of that but uh otherwise fun movie i enjoyed it so it's my number seven uh so for my number seven i've got uh, friday the 13th part five new beginning um that's uh one of those movies that i know a lot of people really hate it's probably one of the more hated films of the franchise and um uh, for me, it's just, it's, I think because it is a little bit different in terms of, you know, having this like, you know, type of almost Scooby-Doo type uh, thing. Cause like at the end, the mask comes off and it's like, <laughs> what? Yes, it's like a totally different, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I, I, you know, I think Chris and I had talked about it a little, a few days ago and, and, you know, they, I kind of developed like a, a new appreciation for the film after watching it. Cause we had watched, we did a Friday the 13th marathon fairly recently so yeah i developed a new appreciation for the film and you know what he would have got away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling kids 
There you go. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. All right, coming in at my number seven with a Rotten Tomato critic score of twenty percent and an audience score of twenty five percent. This is where my Jason X comes into play. Now I gotta say I gotta put it up a little higher, and and part of that is because this was the first time I got to see Jason on a big screen going to the theater. Mm, so I can see that. that that holds a that holds a place for me just for that reason. Like you say, the liquid nitrogen kill is awesome. David Cronenberg gets killed in the beginning of this movie, so that's <laughs> <Yeah>. awesome. <laughs> Forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I like the virtual reality scene or whatever where they recreate the 80s like you say the want to smoke some pot that sounds so stupid but <laughs> you know i mean and it does have some bad lines like where the guy who creates what's her name ksk oh yeah whatever, he's like i i gave her an upload i'm like really that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sounds so bad you know but you get uber jason but yeah for that reason it can be number seven it's good enough for that so with that we'll move on to number six all right, you ready for number six, folks? Well, I got a good one for you. No, I'm just kidding. Well, uh, Friday the 13th reboot. <laughs> we'll just put it, we'll, we'll do that. Um, I actually, I enjoy the reboot a lot. There are definitely some faults to it in that um, I think, yeah, absolutely, the, the cast of young characters is annoying, very annoying. Um, but on some respect, I kind of also appreciate they kind of kept some of those tropes because that's somewhat what happens in the movies you get dumb kids doing dumb shit and they get killed for it. and actually the uh, i'm trying to think of his name um the asian guy in there uh i can't remember his name though the actor he was really good um in his role as how it was written i think but on that part i do love how they got like parts one through four in there which is cool but i think it was too short i would have loved to see i think mrs Voorhees stick around a little bit more i don't know if they necessarily should have kicked it off as final battle scene and suddenly her head's chopped off and then jason's there i kind of wish there was a little bit more i think that we could have had a deeper story and um and i yeah i, I liked uh the brother and sister characters as well that were in there they were the strongest characters so but otherwise agreed fun movie the kills were not all that exciting granted but they are very reminiscent of the franchise and it works um and i like the look of it and i like the jason in that one too he's one of my favorite looks i think in that one honestly next to another one which i'll get to later but yeah (laughs) so that's my number six pick all right uh my number six is um i have this kind of at this position because it's a very because of the sentimental value of it where um you know it's one of the earliest friday the 13th movies that i watched but i have friday the 13th part eight jason takes manhattan um just because you know for me i guess it's one of those early films that what my was my exposure to uh jason and friday the 13th so um, even though like earlier you know all the things you guys had said i mean it's so true about the movie um so i really just have it here mainly just out of the, the sentimental uh perspective okay 
Coming in at number six for me with a Rotten Tomato critic score of 41% and an audience score of 50%. This is the mashup Freddy vs. Jason. Now, maybe you guys remember better than me, but I was, I'm was i pretty sure we saw that movie three times in theaters. Because I feel was like we three? saw it. I think we saw it the Friday night and the Saturday night. And then we saw it one more time the next weekend when I when I headed back over your way. You're right. Now, maybe I'm I mean, wrong, but... No, you're probably right like, on that. Because, <clears throat> I mean, this was something we had been waiting on for a long mm-hmm. time. This was exciting to be able to see on the big screen. And yeah, I agree, it is more of a nightmare film than a Friday film, and that's a little bit disappointing, but seeing them two battle in the real world, I know it's over the top, and I don't care. It is bloody, there is blood spurting everywhere, (laughs) there are missiles flying, arms getting hacked off, I just, I love it, man. I I I can't. I can't put it, I I gotta put it at least in the top half, I like it. Number five. Oh, the f- top five. Here we go. So we're a little uh, over the halfway mark now. Wow. All right. So for number five for me, I'm going to put the first movie. The very first one. The 1980 original. Um, obviously, this is the one that started it all. And we're now in its 40th anniversary. So I already feel old. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it just... But then again, that... You know, those movies have been around since my childhood, so... But, um... Yeah, I like the first one a lot. I, I like that it took a very different approach than a lot, some of the other horror films of its time, using the point-of-view perspective, um, rather than just giving away the killer. Um, and it was surprising when they did reveal that. It was Mrs. Voorhees, and then, you know, she had her motivational speech at the end for why she was doing it. And she was portrayed very well about Betsy Palmer. And as you guys know, we got to meet her many years ago at a convention at Dragon Con. And, you know, we had what, maybe close to almost an hour conversation with her before conventions became bigger and bigger like it did. And it was just so much fun to hear her side of why she took the role, what she thought of it. And, um, you know, and she was so sweet to us and hugged us. So it, it has a little sentimental value to me in that regard. Um, but it's a it's an exciting movie. So I, I had to put it at number five for me. All right. Uh, for me, my number five is uh, A New Beginning, part six. Um, Jason Lewis. Oh, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah, New Beginnings Part 5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah, so Jason Lives, yes. Um, I really like that film. Uh, it, it's That's kind of like when I think the series sort of starts to go a little bit of the comedic route um, with the franchise. But I will go ahead and say it. I do think that uh, C.J. Graham plays a better Jason than Ooh. Kane Hodder. Sorry. <laughs> Hot takes from Chad. All right, with that, I go into my number five. This is the highest rated one with a Rotten Tomato critic score of 63% and the audience score of 60%. I'm right there with you, Chris. I'm on the original Friday the 13th right here. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, and it's so weird. Like, I would love to have been an audience to be able to see this originally because, you know, for us going to see this, we all think Friday 13th, Jason. And you get to this film and it's not Jason. 
So that makes it a kind of a strange experience, but also an exciting one because it's it's a shocking reveal to see that, you know, because right. we've been associating the name Jason with this franchise for years before, I, at least for before I ever got to see the original. The Kevin Bacon kill is great. You get you get the hairy hands in the end, so that's kind of a, <laughs> something that's at least up. in the, at least in the unrated version. Right. But, okay. Oh. Um, yeah because okay. that you actually don't but see yeah, don't that have... in the r-rated version oh awesome i guess i've been watching the unrated version so long that it's just synonymous with my thinking of it that you see those tom savini's hands pop up in that last frame <laughs> oh understandable and then you see it in high definition and you're like oh yes that's true i i could see on vhs that not showing up too well but <laughs> that being said let's go to number four i don't have a lot else to say on that when you kind of covered it oh you're good i was just going to add to like about um oh man like how it it wasn't jason in the movie or anything like that but like you were saying it would have been interesting to see the movie for the first time when it was originally released i i just would have liked to see what people's reactions were right there in the theater because you know we're a little bit more uh desensitized today than right. audiences were back then but um anyway number four um i put six part six on that one jason lives jason lives i remember that time. <laughs> <laughs> um i put that one up there because it's so much fun uh this is the game changer i think for the rest of the series and i think it was a good decision because i think that they were seeing that obviously these movies you don't take too seriously with and you have one through four where it was trying to be a little serious to an extent it was trying to be that very scary thing and then part four you kill the character off but then you have this transitional part five which again that's why i call it the meh but then part six, I feel like it's just perfect because you pick right up from where four left off and it just takes it in a completely new, different direction where it is a little bit comedic. But what else could you do with the character at that point? Other than it's like, well, we obviously he was killed off. He had the machete through his <laughs> eye and through his head in part four. So what better way than to do Allah, Bride of Frankenstein or Frankenstein, you know, and have the spike have the electricity go through him and even though he's pretty much rotted <laughs> he doesn't have like a new brain or heart but somehow it worked um but it was fun to watch and the characters are pretty funny in there uh tommy's character i think is actually in a appropriate direction compared to what five was so and cj graham i, I have to agree he was good he was really good not probably my top pick i will say but it was still really well done great great film a lot of fun and it's one of my first jason films too for memory so yeah so my my number four is uh part seven new blood um for me uh i think design i think the reason why i like that film so much is for two reasons one is design wise i think that's probably the best looking Jason out of the entire franchise. The, well, the best zombie Jason, I should say, right. out of the entire franchise. Um, I don't know, he just looks 
I just love like you know seeing the bits of like his spinal column sticking out of his costume and everything and like his kneecap showing and everything um and then <clears throat> the other thing i really like about the movie is that you have uh two essentially you know supernatural adversaries going at each other you know because you have jason who's like the walking undead and then you've got you know um the the final girl of the movie who's you know got her you know carrie-esque you know psychic telekinetic powers so i just think it makes for a really fun matchup so um yes that's that's the real reason why i really truly like that movie yeah no problems there and i could have just kept on going because with a rotten tomato critic score 32 percent and an audience score 37 percent i'm right there with you i have friday seven Chris, I know you're probably cringing at me and Chad no, right now no. at how low this is, and that's okay. That's okay. Hey, that's your number we four. We get it, man. We, we get it. It's all right. It's actually a little high. I mean, high. it's number four. It's still, it's still high. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd like to see this movie with all the extra gore footage put back in. John Carl Beaker was known for saying the MPAA raped his movie. I'd like to see all that. You've seen some grainy footage, I'm sure. Yeah. But I'd like to see somehow that get recovered at some point i don't think it's gonna happen i think it's lost at this point but yeah i like like you said chad tina is a very worthy adversary for jason i think honestly one of my biggest problems you said it's an iconic image at the end of the movie but i wish that tina was the one to finish off jason and not having her dad come up and help her finish the job i think it weakens her just a little bit in my book so but overall damn good movie damn good design i do love kane hotter because he brings that extra yes breathing to it you know and and it's kind of weird to bring breathing into it once he's zombie jason but (laughs) let's go with it (laughs) don't think about it just just go with it (laughs) exactly number three all right so number three we're getting there man top three um to me it'll be part four I this one is a good one too this one's got a lot of fun this one has a very high body count so obviously they knew what they were getting into when you name a film the final chapter and it's in this series it's like okay how many people can we fit into this movie as much as possible oh wait a minute this is not enough let's add this traveling lady to the side who's needing a ride and let's kill her too because we need that extra body I I mean lot of fun great kills uh the characters are definitely pretty funny in there too and um and actually honestly to me too one of the hot guys is in that one too that i like in the film and (laughs) and particularly with the shower scene because to me it rings true with psycho in that particular moment it was their psycho moment um but yeah this one is this is great uh oh my god Corey feldman is young tommy is just hilarious in some moments in that movie too especially when he was (laughs) looking through the window and he was seeing a girl undress across the other house and stuff and just the way he jumped in the bed was funny but yeah that's my number three pick so all right uh well my number three pick is also part four um i it's definitely one of the best films in the entire franchise um i think the only thing that really just sort of i think stops it stops it from 
for me becoming a higher on is that it doesn't have that camp setting. Um, so, you know, but otherwise I think it's a great film and, and for certainly for all the reasons that Chris was talking about. Oh, so. but there's one more reason. Crispin Glover. Hello. That dancing. Oh my I God. The dancing. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about it's it. Great. <laughs> All right, coming in at number three with a Rotten Tomato critic score of 28% and an audience score of 48%. I'm actually at Friday the 13th Part 2. I mean, I, I love this film, you know. I, I think Jenny is a great final girl. Absolutely. One, I mean, one of the best, obviously. That's why I have it up at number three. I just have certain reasons for the next two, but, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, I think Jenny is what makes this film for me. Yeah. You know, and then you get the ending with her going in the shrine to Mrs. Voorhees and she puts on the sweater and confuses Jason. I love that. So I know you guys are going to have some thoughts about this one. So I'm just going to move on and let you guys go. Number two. Uh, number two for me is part two. Uh, everything you said. Yeah. <laughs> right. At this point, pretty predictable too, huh? Um, uh, absolutely agree with you on jenny amy still was just amazing in her performance i think i liked the character a lot and i think she was a character that i could have seen in further sequels had they just stuck with her a little bit more she was strong and i think also pretty tough to hang out uh, against jason in some respect to and i like that she took from a psychological perspective and thinking on more of well you know what would he have been like growing up as a kid you know he didn't have this developmental normal growing up thing so she was just kind of on track and that was her way of defending against him and i thought it was really cool so i liked her character a lot and then great you had a pretty good cast as well that had a lot of the big body count in the movie um and also another hot guy the guy in the wheelchair so yeah so anyway that's my number two pick so go ahead <laughs> all right uh well uh for me i uh for my number two i've also picked probably 13th part two um for me i think it's it's because it's kind of the quintessential uh friday 13th film and, and sort of what the the franchise would eventually become you know which was it's a you know, it's, it takes place at a camp you know it takes place in the woods and you know as you guys said earlier to me i think it has the best final girl in the whole franchise so yeah i mean i can't really expand on what uh chris said but yeah it's it's definitely up there so really guess for you guys there's just one more question to answer about part two was it jenny or the rat that peed that much under the bed <laughs> <laughs> You know, I honestly didn't even think about that. That's a good question. <laughs> I'm going to go with the rat because that is more comedic to me. It is, but with that much pee, I just, I think it's Jenny. It's good. That's a lot of pee. It had to be, it had to be human pee. Yeah. He, he's got a good point about that. All right. Moving. Yeah. So moving on to my number two with a Rotten Tomato critic and audience score, both sitting at 52%. I'm coming in at. Friday the 13th, Part 6, Jason Lives. Or actually, it's Jason Lives, Friday the 13th, Part 6. They reversed their title on this one. 
I guess that's a Tom McLaughlin thing to do. I don't know. It has like a almost like a small James Bond-esque opening. And it just lets you know you're going to be in for a fun film. Right. And then after the title sequence, I mean, well, the opening is him doing the resurrection, the Frankenstein thing. Then the James Bond sequence. I, I agree. I like the way they took Tommy in this. And even though I, I'm not going to say it necessarily fits, but I still like the whole paintball aspects of the, this group of random people oh, playing paintball yeah. out in the woods. And like you slam the guy's face into the, the tree and you get the <laughs> smiley face and blood yes, after. Yes, I, I mean, forgot. It's just a fun oh film. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then, hey, it's a, a movie about a camp. And you finally get kids at this camp. Yes. It's the only one that has actual kids at the camp. So, yeah, I, 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 I used to not like this one that much. I have really come around on these in the last few years, though, and this one has moved up my list. So, with that, I mean, obviously, we all have one more to go. If anybody can remember what we've picked so far, you'll know what <laughs> number one is by process of elimination. That being said, Chris, kick us off. Okay, cool. So, obviously, my number one, and you guys know for a long time, Part 7, The New Blood. Um, this one in particular, because for, for starters, this was the first Friday film that I actually sat through all the way, and I wasn't scared. And the reason being is because, actually, the Tina character. The Tina character was pretty strong, and, of course, she had her supernatural abilities, that was able to stand up against Jason. So it didn't feel like it was an easy kill or anything for him to have to go through. Um, he actually had a challenge. And and so I guess you could say it was kind of that bridge of sorts for me to be like, okay, this is cool. I can find some characters I like. Um, but, and then of course, Kane Hodder is Jason. And to me, he's, he's the best one in the role. Um, the look of Jason as aesthetically in this one is my number one favorite too. Uh, just the fact that with the director for uh, John himself, he was like, I want to take everything that this guy has been through and put it on him. That's pretty, yeah, that's pretty, shows it. You're yeah, right. that's that pretty is. amazing. You know, that he thought that through in the first place, because as you go through the sequels, you find that, well, wait a minute. Well, how has Jason got this perfectly snazzy new outfit? Yeah. <laughs> um, right. When he, yeah. he, you know, was stabbed, kicked and whatever else. But, um, and that, that shows being a fan. So absolutely. I like that. Right. And then I got some interesting trivia about this one. You guys, I got to share this with you. Okay. Okay. So originally this film was supposed to have a higher production value to it. Supposedly, like the producer, one of the producers on there, she wanted it to be almost like Oscar worthy. And they were even looking at some high profile directors, including one being Federico Fellini. Yes. I'm not kidding. Yes. The guy who did La, La Dolce Vita and eight and a half. Half. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine if this was a Fellini film in the first place? Okay. Oh my goodness. Yes. And then, of course, the other thing is that this was looked at as a concept for Freddy versus Jason. So they approached New Line about a partnership. They couldn't work it out. Um, so the same producer who wanted this kind of Oscar-worthy Friday film had this one idea, too, of like, oh, well, we can do something where some corporate guy wants to come in, wants to uh, 
put new condos in over the camp of Crystal Lake so that they can get rid of the massacre history. But then, of course, that doesn't happen because, you know, Jason would come and pretty much kill everybody. And then it wasn't until someone else was like, well, why not do basically Freddy versus Jason or Freddy versus Carrie? Excuse me. Freddy versus Carrie. What am I talking about? Jason versus Carrie. <laughs> and uh, even though Freddy versus Carrie would be interesting, too. Anyway, <laughs> um, they liked that concept and they developed it from there. But there's a little bit more here. So did you know Kane Hodder also supposedly made some cinematic history in this one? He made the longest appearance being under controlled fire in this one, lasting 40 yeah, seconds. He did. Yep. And then the bird. there was also an interesting thing here. There was trying to find it real quick sorry guys so like the production lasted for like seven months in total even though they shot for two months but they shot in 87 in the kind of like the winter time basically and they shot in alabama so it was pretty cold was where they were doing at the time surprisingly because you know me and you we lived in louisiana for a year and it was warm through winter mm-hmm. but back then it was cold and they had an alligator wrangler too that they were like, oh, we probably need him just in case, but no alligators came around, so he just was paid to sit and look pretty, I guess. So, <laughs> but this one's one of my favorites, obviously. Well, not one of my favorites. It's my favorite. Um, and supposedly, too, they wanted to do have Tina do multiple sequels, but they just... Obviously, that didn't flesh out because then we went to Manhattan in the next sequel, and guess what? Jason got his snazzy new outfit. <laughs> and Jason died there because they ended the relationship with Paramount after Manhattan. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> All right. Uh well, my number one film is the Friday the thirteenth film, the original, with uh Betsy Palmer as the uh the the killer. Um you know, it's the OG Friday's the best Friday. Um you know it's and it's also i think the reason why i like it is just because it is it is so different than what the franchise became i mean because the franchise became this you know huge lumbering man going around you know hacking people to death and this one was you know uh you know it was a human it was more grounded it was a more grounded story um and uh you know also just you know with the memory too of meeting you know miss palmer and you know talking to her about her experience on the movie and and you know how she's really come to him how well how she came to embrace it and and everything so and i think even when we went to see her i think she was even wearing the sweater or at least a um well, a, she was wearing a sweater but not the same but i think it was yeah, like yeah it was like the sort of reminiscent of the yeah. sweater that she wore in the movie so that was really cool um so yeah you know for me that original friday 13th my number one all right and with a rotten tomato critic score of 20 percent and an audience score of 51 percent you guys already know my favorite friday the 13th the final chapter you guys know people who know me know i have the poster for this tattooed on my arm so this is definitely and i love kane hodder and overall and i guess because he's done four mm-hmm. he is my favorite jason but i i think Ted White probably gives the scariest Jason performance in this for me. He just seems menacing. He seems like scary. He seems like he can actually 
catch you if you try to run and don't all of a sudden stumble over nothing in the woods. So, and Corey Feldman as Tommy Jarvis, I love him. He's a monster kid. I mean, obviously a monster kid could not make the masks he had because those are Tom Savini-made <laughs> masks, but just seeing those around his room is so cool to see that. Because yeah. Obviously, I didn't have those, but I would have loved to have had them. And then, Chris, you brought up the scene where he's looking through at the girls on the bed, and he's jumping up on the bed and with excitement. And I'm like, it just, it feels real. That feels real. Yeah. And, Chad, I, I understand your point about not being a camp setting because this is all of a sudden this random house lived right next door to this camp. I get it. But, you know, this is a Friday 13th film. Right. It's going to be flawed, so we just take what we can get and be happy with it. So yeah, overall, this is this is my favorite. I, I have a lot of fun every time I watch this. Well, it is pretty amazing when you watch the series and you see how many times Crystal Lake has changed and the landscaping is so different from each other as well. Oh. And and you can see <laughs> the different seasons that's going on in there too. So, um, it it was a part four is a lot of fun in that one too i agree with ted white i think it was a very scary performance in that and especially for me i think it was there's a scene where the girl and the guy that she met they went into that basement of the other house and then jason killed the guy in the basement and you thought he was probably going to be maybe the one to make it with her you know and that to me that frightened me because it was so dark you can't really see a whole lot in that scene but you know what's going on and it's your imagination that's suddenly taking over as you're, yeah, as you're hearing what's mm-hmm. going on and he's yelling at that girl, run, run, run. It was pretty terrifying. I'm glad the dog survived though. Right? If the dog uh, had died, yeah. I would have boycotted this damn movie. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the only thing... Oh, and I do want to mention, like you said, the the dancing from Crispin Glover yes. is awesome and I love... I love the fact that the guy calls him a dead fuck. I love that. <laughs> dead fuck. <laughs> oh my god. And then you got like the slutty twins and one twin is kind of really hurt because she's not getting anything and the other one is and um I just think of those double mint commercials. Yeah, <laughs> and when they're on the bikes, when they first pull up on the bikes. Yeah, oh yeah. my god. Exactly. Yep. 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 <laughs> Mantis fishing. <laughs> <laughs> but like I it's it's such a great film too. I I think we all had between the three of us. I think we actually came up with a pretty cool list. It was surprising to hear some of the the placing, but then some of the similarities where it wasn't too far off. Right, I agree. I think we've done a good job. Uh, maybe I have to have you guys back. Maybe we'll rank some nightmare films. There's another franchise. We'll have to see what we can oh, pull man. up. Now that would be that fun. being said. Yeah, those would be actually harder for me. That's why I picked with this one, because I knew this one would be the easiest for me to do. That being said, you guys have anything you want to promote? Throw out your socials, tell people where to find you. Uh, Not really. Nope. I don't know. You got... nope. You good? Yeah, I mean, you can just... My name is a little long anyway on social media, so... But Josh can always put contact links on there, you know, if you guys are out there and you happen to be interested... I mean, my social media is just pretty goofy. I don't really do anything on Facebook. So Instagram would be the best place for me. Right. I understand. Chad, you want to, you have anywhere you put your artwork these days you want to tell people about? Uh, well, uh, right now I'm, I'm sort of building um, a website. I don't know. Uh, but you can just find me at chadblevins.art. 
Um, and my Instagram is just Chad Blevins. Like, I guess you can just tag me on your uh, Instagram uh, posting. So, yeah. And I'm his sexy brother, <laughs> Chris Blevins, that you could just type in on search on Instagram and you can find me that way. <laughs> And yes, I will definitely tag both of you guys in the post. Chad, I'll tag you on Twitter as well. For everyone out there, yes, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, follow us on Facebook. We have a page and a group. We are very interactive. So give us, send us anything. We'll talk to you. Send us a suggestion of a movie you think we should do. Make sure you hit that like button. Subscribe. Tell your friends. That being said, that's going to be it for this week, folks. You guys take care.